0: Hello, and welcome to PW's LitCast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors creating fiction books that range from science fiction, mystery, to graphic novels. I'm Lenny Picker of Publishers Weekly, and today I'm speaking with Patricia Gussin, whose thriller After the Fall is published by Ocean View Publishing, the sponsor of today's podcast. Hi, Pat. Hi. Would you start by just reading us a, a portion of the book that you've selected?
1: Sure, I will. Okay, here goes. Laura, you've just regained consciousness. You were out for almost 30 hours. Your head must hurt terribly. We can get you pain medication. I have an awful headache. But tell me, what is wrong with my hand? You fell on the ice just outside my apartment, Tim said. Next to the limo, you went down hard, hit your head. You must have tried to break the fall with your right hand. Laura could feel her face twist into a grimace, and she must have let out a groan because Patrick, her son number three, moved in closer and said, Mom, let's go over this later, okay? Now, Laura said, Please. Tim continued, Your hand took the brunt as well as your wrist. Several bones are fractured. There's nerve injury. Laura knew the damage must be severe. Why else would all the faces around her look so terrified? A fractured hand, a wrist, no big deal, unless you are a surgeon. You've already had stabilizing surgery, but you're going to need a top-notch hand surgeon. We have one flying in from Denver. We all assume Philly's the mecca of medical care, and turns out the best guy is in Denver. Lots of ski accidents there, Kevin said, son number two. The specialist will be in this afternoon, Mike said son number one, then we'll uh, know more, but right now you should get some rest. A gray-haired woman in a blue pattern uniform came to the door with a pre-filled syringe on a tray. Your pain meds, she said, glancing up at Laura's elevated right arm, you're going to need this, honey. Laura, chief of surgery at Tampa General, relegated to honey. And yes, the pain was excruciating, and she did welcome the offer of relief.
0: Thanks, Pat. Could you tell our listeners what happens in the book right before we get to that scene? A little bit more about who Laura is and what's happened, and what the real implications of the injury you've talked about are.
1: Yes, Laura is the chief of surgery uh, at the uh, teaching hospital in Tampa, and she is a she's a lung surgeon, and she's become an expert in in lung transplants. And she's been working with a big pharmaceutical company to develop a anti-rejection drug for transplants. And that company has brought her up north, uh, to make a presentation at the FDA on behalf um, of that new drug. And she is, um, in Philadelphia at, at the time. Uh, she went to a celebratory dinner, and she uh, slipped on the ice the next morning, fell, and as you could hear me say, she, she shattered her wrist in a most horrific way, and she is never going to be able to operate again.
0: And uh, Laura Nelson is a series character of yours, Pat, um, and this is the fourth book in the series, is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Uh, And the first book was set in 1967, and this one is set in 1992. Um, Could you talk a little bit, you know, without going into tons of detail for listeners who are going to read those books at some point, just a little bit about the arc of her life as you lay it out in the three prior books?
1: Yes, this is the, 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 the four books here in this series is really the arc of her professional life, and in a big way, her personal life, too. Um, in Shadow of Death, Laura is a is a medical student. She's starting medical school in Detroit, and 1967 is the year of the really uh, really catastrophic riots in Detroit. She has uh, two small children, and she's thrown into this urban catastrophe really all the time, uh, being a mother of two and trying to make it through the very difficult uh, four years of, of medical school. So that is really shadow of death. Some really terrible things happen to her in shadow of death, which um, which, which have pretty horrific consequences, and she, she's made some really um, unfortunate choices in that book. So that is how she starts out. That book takes her four years. Um, through the four years of medical school, at which point she has two more children, so she graduates with four small children. Uh, then the next um, for the for the next book in the series, what I decided to do was I would just, I decided to jump her, fast forward her life seven years ahead. Seven years ahead, she's a very different person. She's a thoracic surgeon in Tampa. She is struggling, trying to uh, with her with her career. We're not struggling in a bad way, but she's balancing her career and her family. And in Twisted Death, she encounters um, uh, some, some r- real personal tragedy. And so that shadow that, that was Twisted Justice. And then we jump forward again in the third book of the series to Weapon of Choice. And Weapon of Choice. Her, things are different with her life too. She's now chief of surgery. She, uh, her children are—they were little in the first book. They were elementary school in the second book, and the third book, they're teenagers. And she is encountering there. The, that book is um, 1985, which was um, the the era when HIV/AIDS first made its way into the smaller, medium cities of the country. So she's encountering that in her surgical ICU and she's also facing a, uh, a, bio, a bioterrorist in her ICU. And in, in this situation, she really does need to think about the, the balance of family and, and, and career because her ICU is under siege by a very toxic bacteria and her daughter is one of the victims. So she really needs to decide, you know, spend time with her daughter, spend time trying to save all the people in the ICU. And um, so that's the third book. And then the fourth book, as we say, she is now um, becoming a pharmaceutical investigator, and she, uh, she loses her ability to operate. She accepts a job in the pharmaceutical industry, and then that sets off the action for after the fall.
0: Okay. Thanks, Pat. Now, you yourself are a doctor, correct? That's correct. But when you talked a little bit before about what uh, Dr. Nelson's sort of the latest step in her career is, and after the fall, you yourself made the transition to working for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, how much of you is in Laura Nelson?
1: Well, in the beginning, in the in, in my first book, Shadow of Death, really a lot, because I used a person very much like myself. I patterned her on, on my life at that point. And so a lot, a lot of, of me is actually in her personality, and it was interesting because when when I I'm not a surgeon I'm a I'm a primary care physician and a pediatrician, but um, I I took her through a surgical career, and then at the at the end of the arc of this of the of her professional career I wanted to put her in the pharmaceutical industry because I did I I was vice president of pharmaceutical research in a in a big pharmaceutical company for for several years and I wanted to bring her into that realm of my personal life. So I know a lot about what goes on in uh, in the pharmaceutical business and I wanted to take the readers into that realm.
0: And for Dr. Nelson, she made the transition because she was forced to by the injury that that you read us about. What motivated your switch from working as a primary care physician and pediatrician to going into research?
1: Well, it was it was very it was very simple really. I needed to move from the uh, Tampa area to the Philadelphia area, and I thought, oh, you know, I, and I got I got recruited for a job in the pharmaceutical industry. It made it very easy for me to move. So I thought, well, I'll try that for a year or so, and then I'll go back into um, into private practice. But as it turns out, I I stayed there for 24 years.
0: And. Was there something about the work, looking back from the perspective of having worked there for twenty four years, that surprised you? That was different from what you expected about working in pharmaceutical research.
1: Well, yes. I mean, I guess at first I thought it would be a very administrative thing; that it wouldn't be a lot of fun. But I I've met the most incredible people there. The scientists that I work for, the medical doctors that I work for, in the pharmaceutical industry were were just the most. They were the, the the most intelligent people, the most ethical people that i've ever met and you know when you read when you read thrillers now about the pharmaceutical industry, you know they always make the the industry the bad guys and I thought you know in my experience that is absolutely not the truth, so I wanted to um, have a chance to really position the industry as I saw it, and of course there has to in a thriller there has to be there has, to, there has to be evil, and so my evil character here in this book came uh, from the FDA.
0: This book is set in 1992. Was that in any way, in, in terms of uh, Laura Nelson's experiences, parallel to what you were up to in 1992, just the way uh, in Shadow of Death, you know, you were in Detroit around 1967 and Dr. Nelson was there?
1: Yes, in a way. I mean, I was, I was in the Philadelphia area, and this book does take place in the Philadelphia area um, after the fall, and so um, that is one of the reasons it it took place at that time. However, you know, my overall scheme was to move her forward seven years from the end of the last book, so that kind of stuck me, going from 1985 in in, uh, in um, uh, after the uh, excuse me, weapon of choice. To after the fall would take me into 1992, which turned out to be a very convenient time for me in this book because the um, because it, it it's right in the middle of the two Iraq wars, and the my um, characters here are very involved. Uh, one of the one of the um, characters in the book is a very young, beautiful Iraqi scientist who actually discovered this this drug uh, when she was in the university. And so it played very nicely because her, her family wants her back in Iraq. And so there's a lot of tension between whether she's going to go back or not go back.
0: Okay. Now, Pat, between your medical career and, um, I think I read somewhere you, you have seven children. Is that right? Yes, I do. Um, what led you to pursue writing and where did you find the time?
1: Well, I never really planned to be a writer, but um, in one of my last pharmaceutical jobs, I was the uh, worldwide vice president uh, for one for uh, consumer pharmaceuticals and I had a lot of downtime in terms of travel. I used to have to go to Asia a lot, and it was really on one of those long trips that I pulled out a notebook and, and said, "You know what? I really would like to revisit that those ta- the time back in medical school because it was such a Seminal time for me as a as a person as a as a mother. Just you know, getting into a medical career, it was a devastating time for Detroit. Um, the year of the riots. Detroit has, has never recovered from those. And you know, those late sixty years were really a very problematic time for the, for the whole country too. The, you know, the era of Martin Luther King and and uh, John uh, or uh, Robert Kennedy's. Uh, assassination. So it was a very tough time. I wanted to go back and revisit that time. And uh, so that's really what, what motivate, motivated me to get started. And I love thrillers. So um, I wanted to really present this in the eyes of a fictional character.
0: And you say you love thrillers. What authors had you been reading or been inspired by when you started your career? And who is it that you like to read now?
1: Well, I've, I love Ken Follett. I've always loved Ken Follett. I, I I just admire him so much for being able to write a book like Eye of the Needle, an incredible thriller, and then come back at us with with the with pill, uh, Pillars of the Earth, for instance, and his other saga books. So I I I love him. Um, of the uh, of the writers now that that I read every single one of their books, David Baldacci. Um, I, I think he's fantastic. Nelson DeMille, I love his books. But, I mean, as a, true as a backgrounder for me, I have to also admit that I read Barbara Taylor Bradford. She's certainly not a thriller writer. And, and I read Wilbur Smith. Um, he is a, certainly a, more of an adventure writer. But they all write about sagas. They write about families. And I'm really intrigued with the whole family dynamic issue. And those books have really helped me a lot.
0: And how has your experience as your children have aged and developed and you know just sort of gone off their own way affected the way you write fiction?
1: Well, I like I I like I really appreciate now the the phases of being a parent. The different phases of having very small children and then children as they work their way through elementary school, middle school, and then the teenage years, and then the adult years. And so I've, I really try—it's been great for me in, in my writing of this, um, these four Laura Nelson books to go back and revisit those periods of my life and sort of relive living with small children, school-age children, teenagers. And then now uh, my life is more um, about the adult children.
0: And this has been billed as the last in the Laura Nelson series. What led you to decide to, to, to stop here with a character who you've been writing about and sort of lived with for so long?
1: Well, I put myself in the every-seven-year um, model. So I figured seven years from now, Laura, in after the fall, was 48 years old. She'll be 55 years old in the next book. And I, I just thought that that is just getting, you know, a little up there. Maybe it's time to just bring some closure to her professional life and all the trials and tribulations she's been through and, you know, to move to move on.
0: Okay. And could you talk a little bit? You've also written some standalone fiction that's not part of the Laura Nelson series. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes I've written two others um, the uh, one is called the Test and the test is a is a story of a billionaire who is nearing the end of his life. He has six children from a very sort of like today's dysfunctional family and um he he's a he wonders at the last stages of his life whether he's really done the right thing with his kids, whether he's taught them the right values, and he wonders if it's too late. And so to address that question, in his will, he puts a test, and he gives his these adult children one year to bring their life up to where he really wants them to be. It's very well-meaning. But, of course, you know, you've got six different children. They're all different. They all approach us in a different way, and things go uh, terribly wrong with his plan. So that that is um, that's the theory behind the the test, and it's set really in a in a more uh, it's set it's set in the early two um, thousands. And um, I did bring a character, brought brought forward a character. One of the one of Laura Nelson's children, one of her sons, is also a player in in the test. So I tried to connect it up a little bit, but um, it's a much more contemporary book.
0: And you said there was a second one that was non-series. Yes, the
1: second one is called, and then there was one. And uh, this is the story of, of identical triplet nine-year-old girls. They're, they're biracial. Their, their mother um, is African-American, and she is a pediatric forensic psychiatrist. Their father is, is Caucasian, and he is a former uh, Yankee baseball player, so they're really into sports, too. And these, uh, they have these children a little late in their married life, and they're, they're very precious children to them, these three little girls. Uh, they go to visit their grandmother in the uh, Detroit suburbs, and they go into a movie theater with an older cousin, the, the three triplets, and they have a little disagreement about what movie they want to see. So two go into one movie theater in a multiplex, and the other one with the older cousin into another theater. Well, the two little girls who went in by themselves never came out of the movie theater. And so, you know, I mean, this is like a parent's worst, worst, worst nightmare situation. They just don't know where these these two little girls are. And so the story is about the reaction of the parents to this catastrophe. And, the, uh, of course, the story of what's going on with the the two missing little girls, and then the third triplet, who is left home, she's safe with the parents, but, you know, what's going on with her psychologically. So I really wanted to create something really intense on a a psychological basis, and um, this book um, was a New York Times bestseller, so I'm really happy about that. That's
0: great. So... Looking at your four Laura Nelson books and the two standalones, can you identify any themes that link all of your fiction, or that are common to them?
1: Well, but I have a couple of themes that that are in all of them, and they're they're really my two passions, which one would be family, and the other would be medicine. They they all um, they all portray a family dynamic situation, and so with what, with whatever is going on in the main plot, there's always something going on. In the in the family, and I try to bring medicine in into my books, but not to an overwhelming degree. I uh, in some books the the only medicine is really just the characters are are medical people. Uh, in the Laura Nelson book, there's a little more medicine because it's you know a lot of it is about where she is in her professional medical life. But uh, for instance, in in um, and then there was one. The only really medical thing is that the, the mother is a is a psychiatrist and we take we take the readers into some of the the patients that she's had to deal with in her in her past. So really I would say medicine and uh family would really be the hallmarks of, you know, what I what I like to bring forward.
0: Okay, and Pat, you've also written uh, a work of nonfiction called "What's Next for You," which you actually co-authored with your husband. Could you talk a little bit about what that book is about and what the process of writing with your husband was like?
1: Sure. Well, the we both my, my husband and I both came from uh, from medicine and and medical research careers, so we were. Pretty, you know, we were pretty much basically involved. If we were, if we wrote something, it was very very technical. So when uh, when we decided to uh, retire from those careers, we weren't sure what we were going to do. But I had started started sort of an interest in in writing my my first book, Shadow of Death. So we started to go to a lot of uh, writers meetings. And one day he just said, Hey, you know, wouldn't it be I think, wouldn't it be great to be in the publishing business? I think I'd like to start a a publishing company. So we went from being totally medical researcher type people to um, having a publishing company, publishing mystery, thrillers, suspense, myself being an author of thrillers and then we also um, have a, a couple a couple of vineyards in in New Zealand so we're also in the wine business so everybody kept asking us how did you do that did you plan on doing that and so finally we said when we were asked to speak at a lot of um, events finally we said well, let's just write a book and just you know tell everybody how we did it so we wrote the book what's next for you and we wanted it to be, you know, to sort of be a bit inspirational in that you can certainly, you know, you can change 180 degrees on what you have done into what you, you know, where you're going to go going forward. And and we wrote it in a he said she said point of view with um, with a bit of humor. So that's that's what happened with that's how we got started with uh, with with our one piece of nonfiction.
0: Well, thanks again for your time today, Pat. The book, again, is After the Fall by Patricia Gussin from Ocean View Publishing. Thanks for listening, and join us soon for the next PW Litcast.